Are you ready to overcome the complexities and burdens that come with your success? Join the team at Centura Wealth Advisory in the Live Life Liberated podcast. Now, on to the show. Hello and welcome to Live Life Liberated with the team from Centura Wealth Advisory. Today, Jonathan Freeman is on the microphone. Jonathan, how are you, my friend? Oh, very good, Eric. Very good. Uh, How's your day going? It is fantastic. We were talking just before the podcast started about how you are in kind of a little bit of a heat wave over there and I'm freezing because we've got <laughs> 55 mile an hour winds and it's like 37 degrees. So I'm inside hunkered down. That's well, guess I'm what? At. You average those two together and it's a pretty nice day. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Now you've got a guest on the show today. Who'd you bring on? I did. I have uh, Seth Meisler joining me in studio. Uh, he has been a recent addition to the team here, and we Fantastic. thought it'd be great to come in and have him uh, share his experience and uh, a little bit more about himself and who he serves. So uh, he's joining us from lovely and maybe slightly colder than San Diego, Minneapolis, Minnesota. Oh man, Seth, I am so glad you and I are kind of in the same region. I'm in Omaha. So the wind that we're getting, you may be getting, I apologize for that, but uh, you know, I'm sure you've lived through worse. So welcome to the team. I'm so glad you're here. Well, thank you. Nice to be here. All right. What are you guys talking about today, Jonathan? Well, really it's uh, about Seth's journey. He has a, an amazing background. Uh, he has more acronyms on the end of his signature block than I do. So comes with a lot of credentials, a lot of experience, and just wanted to share really about his uh, journey and how he got to Centura and, and what he brings to the table in terms of our expanded capabilities, both as a, a firm, as well as to the local market in the Midwest. Fantastic. Well, I'll be sitting here with the rest of the audience learning all about Seth. Thank you so much for bringing him on the show. Thanks, Eric. Thank you. So Seth, good morning. Um, I'm sure this is uh, a bit new for you, but I've got a few more uh, stripes on my shirt for doing podcasts, but uh, thanks for joining me and also giving our listening audience the opportunity to get to know you a little bit better and uh, your background. So, you know, in preparation for this, I had to do some research on Minneapolis to make sure both myself was versed and in case any trivia came up, as well as just giving the listening audience some facts about uh, Minneapolis. But I didn't realize, given that your music background, there was so much music history that that emanates out of Minneapolis. I mean, Prince, one of my favorites, is born and raised in Minneapolis, a uh, huge, I'll call it rock genre individual that really changed uh, things. And Bob Dylan attended University of Minnesota, excuse me. So lots of music history. And I know that's rubbed off on you a bit. Maybe you can share around that. But, you know, many large, I'll call it uh, public companies, large corporations also call Minneapolis home. And uh, Target is one just to name many others that I'm sure are uh, quite familiar in your backyard. Uh, So, You've been there a while. Uh, your family both reside and um, have enjoy the outdoors there. Maybe give us a little bit of uh, background on yourself and what it is like to live in uh, lovely Minneapolis Twin Cities. Sure. Uh, thank you very much. So, so I'm not native to Minneapolis, although my wife is native to Minneapolis to uh, Golden Valley and speci- specifically. Uh, speaking of music, my wife's uncle went to University of Minnesota and was in the same fraternity with Bob Dylan for when he was there for, I don't know, his nanosecond at, uh, at the U. Um, and he went to, uh, he was a camper at the same camp that, uh, one of my kids attended as well. So history there, there were some, uh, music connections there, which is kind of fun. Now what's Um, your favorite instrument? 
probably piano by like guitar as well okay so yeah so it's kind of kind of cool the music here is amazing both in terms of classical jazz rock etc i mean it really covers the genre or every genre i'm actually originally from detroit and went to university of michigan in ann arbor and met my wife in chicago and at a certain point in time she said hey we have three kids i really would like to go back home to minnesota this is very common among uh, minnesotans to uh, to return and be in a place that has uh, family members and grandparents etc for the kids and so we moved from living in the city of chicago to minneapolis uh, about a little over 15 years ago and and haven't looked back and it's been uh, very nice being here so now tell me the uh one of your other fun uh or uh, hobbies is fishing fly fishing i believe did that start in detroit or did you really pick that up once you moved to minneapolis yeah so i had never picked up a fishing rod until i met my wife's father my father-in-law so never fished before and he liked to fish he still likes to fish quite a bit he doesn't like to fly fish but he likes to fish for for bass and and so oh, oh, over time go fishing with him and then we tried decided to try out fly fishing thought it was a lot of fun uh we would do it on trips to when it was north dakota and to wyoming etc and continue to enjoy it and and continue to fly fish that's great so, now do you tie your own flies or do you just buy them off the shelf i don't i currently buy them or know people who tie them so <laughs> maybe uh, maybe a future endeavor uh i did go. i did go to a fly tying lesson about a month ago or so <laughs> very so. cool uh and then the other big thing that we share in a common philosophy or common interest is philanthropy and i know philanthropy kind of is embedded in who you are and what you've done um you've had some exciting accomplishments recognition in the philanthropic space maybe tell the listening audience a little bit more about some of those endeavors i know you even started up a school so what of your philanthropic accomplishments what's been your most proud moment there uh no doubt uh, starting up a school in the city of chicago was pretty amazing literally started from the ground up it's always a lot of fun seeing things grow i will say that and working with an amazing team of people i was the the treasurer at the school when we started there was a total of seven students and so really really tiny and tiny. today it is over 250 uh, students and on a campus on the northwest side of chicago and it's really uh it's amazing it was absolutely amazing in terms of seeing seeing the growth and it's an amazing school that's cool did they create a statue or anything of you or no 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 they for sure not me i was simply the, i was simply doing the, the treasure work i was doing at night i was doing all the payroll and all the accounting etc again it was a startup school so there was no bookkeeper at the time that was that was basically my job as well as keeping track of fundraising and making sure letters went out etc so when i started again it was it was really a shoestring budget headmaster teachers and an office person myself and uh, now again it's way larger much much bigger more staff etc it's a, it's a it's a real school 
Um, <laughs> well, thanks to your efforts so, and, and I'm sure gracious uh, giving of time and energy uh, to make that happen. Well, that's fantastic. So uh, you recently came on and also opened up our Midwest office. You've held multiple positions of leadership in both uh, independent firms, similar to Centura, but also at large public institutions um, in doing finance. So as you were considering a transition and coming to an RIA, uh, obviously us, what was it that really you were trying to solve for? What, you know, what areas that in your business plan or in your client base were not really being addressed to the level that you were thinking was either they need what they were telling you they wanted or ultimately where you saw the market going? I think that the biggest challenge we have in the market today is expected future returns of both stocks and bonds. We've had an amazing run in, in both returns of stocks and bonds over the last 10 years, basically since 2010 or so. And it is likely that that is not going to be repeated over the next 10 to 12 years. Expectations from all the large firms are basically in line with much lower returns. So that is, a, that is going to be a problem for savers going in the future. Absolutely. And as such, there is a need to look for other opportunities that are out there. Those other opportunities include private real estate, private equity, uh, items that are not necessarily available on an exchange. And that was something that is, is out there. Other, other RAs are, are, are doing it. And that was something I was not able to do, not because it wasn't a good investment idea, but for other other historical structural reasons that are not really germane, but it's something that I felt was needed. In addition, those type of investments require a greater degree of due diligence because Absolutely. of the fact that there's not um, annual reports, there's not 10Ks, there's not all the information that you would get from public, from either a public investment, either a mutual fund or ETF or a stock or bond, et cetera, you don't have that level of information, which means that you really need to do a greater degree of scrutiny in terms of making sure who, who are you partnering, partnering with. And, um, and that was really exciting to find at Centura that there was that bench that all they're doing is investments full-time. So yeah, absolutely. I would say that is, that's probably, I mean, that's one issue, but it's a, but it's a really important issue for investors. You know, the, the, the belief, Jeremy Siegel, Wharton professor, he's come out and publicly said, he thinks that investors are going to go more into stocks from 60% to 75, 25 could be the new 60, 40, according to Jeremy Siegel, as investors are desperate to look for a return and, and to be potentially for yield. And so you're, has that happened today? No, but obviously it's a concern that he has in terms of what do you do about a low return environment? You know, potentially you take on more risk. Well, that's not a that's okay, but you have to know the other side is that that taking on risk includes risk of loss, which for people who are heading into retirement, that's not a great situation to be in either because that's the worst time to take on risk because they're retired. They're pulling money out. They don't have the time to make up that return if something goes awry. Sure. So looking for other, other places to uh, look for return, increased diversification, 
naturally no guarantees, but looking for other areas, I think is going to be more and more critical for investors. And you certainly see that of the institutions. The institutions are, have been doing that for years now. So outside of uh, investments, which I know is a passion of yours, what other areas that did you see as gaps or issues that you needed to try and solve for? I would say the other thing that really enticed me with Centura was the, the depth and breadth of the team in terms of, as you said, I have a lot of credentials behind my name and wore, have worn a lot of hats, but certainly it's impossible to be an expert on everything. There's just, there's too much information. It's moving too fast. There's changes all the time that are happening and aligning myself with a, a group that had that depth and breadth that if I have a question on a certain issue, I can go to the financial planning tax planning group and I can, I can ask them additional questions that there's people who are full-time doing insurance and I can look at an insurance policy, whether, you know, the, the client has it in their, the company that they're working for, that they individually own it. And I can go to the insurance team and say, how is this working? What's going on? And having them provide me that level of deep skill is something that is a huge benefit for someone, for, for me to be able to then come back to the clients and offer that. And then I think the last thing is the, the differentiators for the firms is always going to be client service, being able to do what you say you're going to do. And for clients, that's ultimately important. There are specific, specific things that need to be get done in terms of contributions need to be done by a certain time, required minimum distributions need to be a certain time, et cetera. And being able to have a team of experienced professionals who are doing that client service work is really critical, especially right now we live in a post-COVID world where there's been so much change, so much turnover of people at making sure that, that you have a team behind you that has that level of experience can do that work is, has been critical really important for, for myself and for my clients. Yeah. Let's talk about your clients a little bit. So obviously they're still, uh, I'll call it onboarding uh, at the firm here, but maybe you can talk a little bit about who your client base is, who, who generally you're serving in the Midwest market and really what, what are they most in need of in terms of support services and, or just general financial planning? Yeah, I would say, Again, I don't have anything to compare this to because I'm not from California, but I would say Midwest tends to be a certain a certain type of maybe demographic personality. They tend to be very savvy in terms of really if you say something to them, they're going to look it up. They're going to they're going to verify what is this investment, what's going on, uh, what's the firm you're working with, etc. So really a firm that likes to verify as well. And so trust, but verify. They are also, a lot of people are what I call millionaire next door. A lot of people are people who have worked hard all their life and they have built up a solid uh, nest egg. A lot of it is in retirement accounts, IRAs, 401ks, Roth IRAs, et cetera. And in various walks of life. So work with a lot of professionals, doctors, lawyers, et cetera, as well as business owners who have, again, worked a business for a number of years, have had some success in the business, 
and are looking for advice in terms of financial planning, tax planning, et cetera. One of the things that I was able to do is I am what's called an EdSlot Master Elite IRA Advisor and someone who knows IRAs and Roth IRAs and 401ks, the rules uh, really well. And considering that that's where the majority, you know, for a lot of people, the majority of their money is in those investments, a good portion of it for sure, knowing how that works and how that in, that relates to all their other investments in their financial plan has been uh, a critical advantage for me and for yeah. the clients. And so obviously we didn't mention all of your credentials, but outside of having a, a MBA and a CFP, uh, you're also a, a CFA. And for those that don't know, chartered financial uh, analyst account, right? And then also a CPA. So, you know, one of the things that we uh, obviously hold high or focus on here is tax planning and having someone with a CPA background obviously helps our capabilities as well as uh, you provide expertise when it comes to tax planning. So what was it about Centura versus other prior firms that you've worked with or just ones that you're aware of that makes that kind of tax planning approach much more uh, unique in the market? Yeah, I think that that's a really good point. And that certainly was a distinct advantage that Centura had that was really appealing to me as being a CPA I certainly keep up with the, the literature, the technical literature, and look at tax savings opportunities and felt that there was uh, things that I have learned about, read about, studied, et cetera, in terms of sophisticated tax planning strategies that Centura was doing. And there's, uh, there's a saying from Yogi Berra that in theory and practice, there's no difference between the two. In practice, there is. And so seeing a firm that was doing these strategies and implementing them day in, day out is way different than reading about it in, again, the technical literature. And so having working with a team that was doing that uh, was really exciting for me, who, again, is a CPA, really likes to dig into those things and be able, gives me an opportunity to offer clients new strategies that, that I wasn't really able to do before. Again, because doing it in theory and doing it in practice are two very, very different things. So having that, again, having that depth and breadth of the bench, learning new things, being able to offer that to clients is really exciting. And don't I don't know many people who are doing those type of strategies here in Minneapolis, frankly. That's great. So in terms of someone who might be listening to this for the first uh, time, getting to know you, and you're really trying to bring those services to the local market, what is what are the situations in which uh, you think would be a good fit for someone to come in and uh, reach out and try and connect with you? Yeah, the situation that these strategies really work is if you are earning a million dollars or more in adjusted gross income and in income, and you're looking for a way to offset um, that, that tax burden and looking for strategies to, to defer or reduce that, that tax burden. The second situation is if you have a situation in life that there is a movement of assets due to death, divorce, or a, a sale of assets or re either real estate or business. And the third is if you're looking for estate planning advice 
uh, specifically people who individuals over 12 million in assets or couples over 24 million. That being said, the rules are going to change in 2026. All that's going to likely drop to 6 million for an individual, 12 million for a couple. So something to really keep in mind. Minnesota is a little bit different. And that is that the estate, Minnesota state estate tax exemption, say that That's a tongue five times fast, is $3 million per person. And uh, the estate tax is now up to 13%, the state wow. estate tax. So it's so even those clients who have collectively $3 million or more can benefit from some of the estate tax advice and services that we're providing. Because again, it you have a million dollars, you have $4 million in individual. Now you're talking about an additional $130,000 of Minnesota state estate tax. And there are ways that we can, we can help out. Yeah, absolutely. I know here in California, we call it the sunshine tax. What do you call it in Minneapolis? I don't know if we have a, I don't know if we have a name for it at this, <laughs> at this point in time. All right. But well, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's a great state to live. There's um, all kinds of services that we have in terms of beautiful parks and bike paths. I think we have more than Oregon. We're either number one or number two in terms of bike paths. Um, and you're, you're and, an avid biker too. Right? And I like to bike. So uh, there's some wonderful things that we have in the state of Minnesota and, uh, and it costs and the state is charging you for it. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so, you know, one of the things that we focus on here is working in teams. And obviously at the moment, uh, you're our loan outpost there in, in the great white Midwest. But uh, in terms of building a team around you and having, you know, obviously we have uh, support for you, but what, what does that environment look like in terms of bringing a team on for you uh, in the local market? Because I know in many cases, People do want to still meet in person. They do want to know that there's more than one individual that's taking care of their most prized assets. So, how do you see uh, that team evolving uh, over the next uh, you know short period of time? Yeah, I would say two things. And one of the great things about Centura again, depth and breadth of talent. And the for me, it doesn't feel like I'm a sole outpost at all. I feel like there is a huge team that's behind me that I'm working with day in, day out. And so while it may, while it may seem I'm the only person here, it doesn't feel that way to me at all. That's great. Uh, And so people have been getting to know uh, some of the people here at Centura, sitting in on meetings, working with them. And, and that's been really great. Keep in mind, I have clients that are across the United States in California, in Florida, Illinois, Michigan, Boston, et cetera. And so they're getting online working with me. It doesn't make a difference that I'm the only person here or that the person supporting me is in Delaware or Washington or California, et cetera, because it's all one of the great thing. One of the great things or surprise, I guess, from COVID is that uh, talent doesn't need to be local. Absolutely. Yeah, we we certainly have changed our model post-COVID in terms of bringing the best talent on regardless of where they happen to sit. And technology helps bring us all together. So I uh, totally agree with that. So now that being said, the goal is to increase the number of people locally and in the Minneapolis marketplace. And that is to increase both number of advisors so that there's a larger team to support clients here in Minneapolis and support people who want to meet in person which we're happy to do. 
as well as uh, support staff as well. So we are starting to work on trying to find additional advisors and support staff, and it's really exciting. That's great. So one of the things that I think you characterized Centro with this entrepreneurial environment, what, what is it that most, you know, in that context, given you've worked in big companies and small companies and everything in, in between, what is it that most attracted you in terms of that environment? Or how do you see that benefiting uh, the client outside of some of the areas that we talked about? Yeah, the way that I look at it is uh, it's the difference between a speedboat and an aircraft carrier. Okay. So, you know, working for the Fortune 500 companies, and I've, I've done that, um, is like working on an aircraft carrier. And there are some benefits to, to doing that in terms of, um, I don't know, better cafeteria and those kind of, uh, if you imagine an aircraft carrier, there are certain advantages to having an aircraft carrier, but there are some advantages to working in a speedboat, you know, being on a speedboat as well, which is a more entrepreneurial environment. And that means that you can maneuver really quickly. If you want to make a change on an aircraft carrier, you can imagine it's a, it takes time to slowly turn, turn the ship. And so for, for me, what's been exciting is that entrepreneurial environment in terms of the marketplace is changing rapidly, the geopolitical environment is changing rapidly, and being able to, being able to pivot really quickly is, um, is something that I, I, I enjoy. And that's what I like about working for a smaller firm with uh, that entrepreneurial spirit. What I like specifically about Centura is that even though it is a smaller firm, you still have some of that expertise, right? A larger firm used to be, I don't think it exists anymore, but it used to be like Fortune 500 firm had like a library and a librarian. And you, if you were re doing research, you could call the library. I think they got rid of that now, actually. But it used to be that if you were doing research on a company, et cetera, you called the librarian, you would look up certain things, et cetera. To, here at Centura, if I have a question on things, there are people that I can go to. So again, it's not just me. And that's where I felt felt like in this specific case, it's, it's a little bit larger than a speedboat, but it has that maneuverability. So it's kind of, I think it's the best of both worlds in my mind. That's great. Well, um, I appreciate you taking me through uh, both your background and uh, the clients you serve and, and uh, where you're going in terms of building out our capabilities, both nationally as well as locally. So in terms of just wrapping th things up, any specific uh, words of advice or uh, information that you'd like to share? And if, if nothing, then maybe we can give the listening audience your contact information should they want to reach out and make a connection. Sure. I would say our goal is really to help people and, and make their life better and in a variety of aspects. Our expertise is financial planning and, and making that financial plan uh, work towards realizing their goals. We think that it's an opportunity for people to be aspirational. Really, what is rewarding to me is when people are like, I never thought I could do X and here I am doing it. That's to me, that's the reward and seeing that in, in terms of whatever it is that they want to do. We're not here to, to judge what, what, you know, what they, what they want to do. Our, our goal is to make sure that they can see that that opportunity exists. And that goes, we do that via goal planning and financial planning and tax planning um, and investment management. And that's, that's basically what we do 
And really our, our, our whole reason for being is to serve the clients and make their lives better. So Absolutely. that's, that's what it's all about at the end of the day. Um, in, in terms of reaching me specifically, my email is S Meisler, M E I S L E R at Centura wealth.com. And my phone number is 612-895-1636. Well, fantastic. Well, Seth, thank you for taking some time out of your busy morning uh, to join me and uh, appreciate you sharing more about yourself uh, with those uh, that you know are curious and also ongoing listeners to the Live Life Liberated podcast. So with that, Eric, I will hand it back to you to close out the show. Oh, I'm more than happy to. But before I do that, Seth, I love that analogy uh, with the boats, because when you were talking about that, I have been on this journey, this adventure with Centura since day one, and, and it's been fun. And the information that they bring, the education they bring to the audience, you're exactly right. It, it, when you were saying that, I was picturing one of those big jet boats, you know, that you, you can see. I, I know there's some in Chicago. There's, you know, there's Mexico. They've got them where you can fit like 50 to 100 people on this gigantic jet boat, but it pivots quickly and it's able to, to turn quickly. Um, and, and I love that about Centura is that they have been frontline with all the information, especially when tax law changes have come across and, and different things that have happened in the market. They're there for the education of the listener. And I'm so glad you're part of the team. Plus, I know the fact that you just know Jonathan looks great in a captain's hat. So with that, <laughs> um, I do believe I'll round this up before I get fired. Uh, again, uh, Jonathan, thank you so much for bringing Seth on. Seth, thank you for being here. And our last thank you, of course, goes to you listening audience. Thank you for tuning in and listening to the Live Life Liberated podcast with the team from Centura Wealth Advisory. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when they come out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. And this makes it really easy to share these podcasts with your friends and family. Again, thanks for listening today. For everyone at Centura Wealth Advisory, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Live Life Liberated podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Centura Wealth Advisory. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Centura Wealth Advisory, Centura, is an SEC-registered investment advisor with its principal place of business in San Diego, California. Centura and its representatives are in compliance with the current registration and notice filing requirements imposed on SEC-registered investment advisors, in which Centura maintains clients. Centura may only transact business in those states in which it is notice filed or qualifies for an exemption or exclusion from notice filing requirements. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. Tax relief varies based on client circumstances and all clients do not achieve the same results. 